I'm your host, Madeline, and welcome to The Courageous Podcast, where you will hear inspirational stories every Monday and Thursday of everyday people who will share how they found strength, hope, and faith in the midst of adversity. Let's get ready to be inspired. Today I have Stephanie Gonzalez. She is a 27-year-old who was born and raised in the city of Chicago. She is currently a teacher's assistant at a Montessori school where she is proudly shaping the minds of two-year-old toddlers every single day. Welcome, welcome, Stephanie, to the Courageous Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mara. And so I wanted to have you on the podcast today because you have a courageous story, but also because your dad was on the podcast a few weeks back on episode seven, where he was sharing a story about your family and a loss that you guys experienced with a suicide. And so I thought it was important, even before I interviewed him, that I wanted to get your perspective, not only on your personal life and struggles as a young lady, but also walking that journey as a daughter, losing her mom. And so that's kind of why I wanted to share your story and hopefully impact young people that have experienced similar things as you have at such a young age. And so I wanted you to take us back to those younger years when you were growing up and you were faced with some difficult health issues. So it started was around the age of five. My parents noticed that I couldn't walk, like I couldn't keep my balance or I was falling a lot. And so they decided to take me to the doctor to see what was going on. After my doctor's visit, I was diagnosed with a hereditary disorder called Charcot-Marie-Tooth disorder. And basically, it's just a nerve disorder that affects my arms and my legs. And this is why I have to wear leg braces. And so... Around what age did you start wearing the leg braces? I want to say it could have been between five or maybe six. I don't really remember much as a little girl, but I think okay. it had to start around that time. That's pretty young. And so as a kid, I could imagine that it must have been difficult maybe to play with other kids or maybe to be accepted. How was that for you? It was definitely a little hard to play with other kids because I couldn't do as much things as other kids could do. But thankfully, I, I didn't really struggle making friends because we were just kids and kids just want to be kids and we just want to play. And so at that young age, I didn't really have an issue with friends. You know, every friends that I made, they accepted me. I didn't feel much different as a little girl. That's awesome. You know, we know that kids can be cruel and so... Whenever you're different in any way, whether you have some kind of a, a disability or health issue or anything, I know it can be difficult. I'm glad that at least that part of your journey was not as difficult as for maybe most kids growing up with something like this. And so I know that you had said that by the age of 10, your doctors gave your parents some, some difficult news. Tell me about that. So by the age of 10, I remember my parents telling me as I was older that the doctors told them I wouldn't be able to walk anymore, that I would be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life because of the damage that my nerves would receive would not allow me to be able to walk anymore. So, 
When did you realize like the possibility or did it ever even hit you to think like, hey, I'm not going to be able to walk in the future? Did you ever realize the possibility of that? I don't think I realized the possibility until I hit about 18 where I decided to get a toe surgery. Because of my disorder, I had hammer toes, which is pretty common. And so by 18, I decided to get my toes reconstructed. And once again, the doctor hit me with the 50-50% chance that either you'll come out walking or you won't. And so at 18, as an adult already, I had to just make that decision. And so I told the doctor, I said, let's do it. I worked leg cast for about three months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, once those leg casts came off, I knew that it was just go time. Like I had to push because I didn't <laughs> want to be in that 50% where I wasn't going to be able to walk. And right. so I had to learn how to walk all over again and do all that stuff all over again. Wow, that must have been difficult. I'm so glad that you decided to say, hey, I'm going to be better than the 50-50 and I'm going to fight for myself so that I can walk and kind of live a full life. I mean, I think that's great. I know adults that have been through difficult things and probably wouldn't even think about doing a surgery or something like that to kind of beat the odds. And so I'm so glad that you did that. And so during that journey, I know that, you know, your parents at the time were going through a really difficult time in their relationship. Tell me a little bit about that. So by the age of 12, my parents got a divorce. I was maybe in seventh grade around there. So I was pretty young. I didn't really understand much of what a divorce was because all my friends had parents, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't really know what this is. And I wasn't told what happened until later on. When my parents did get a divorce, I fell into a depression and I lost a lot of weight during that time. And how did you feel about your mom and dad making that decision not to be together anymore? Because I know that can be devastating for a child. Uh, it was hard. I didn't think that it could ever happen to me. I always thought that I was going to have mom and dad forever. I was upset. I couldn't eat. I didn't want to leave my room. And I decided not to talk to my mom for a really long time because at that moment, I felt like that's what she deserved for me. Divorce can impact people at every age. Being so young as a kid, you don't understand it. I myself experienced divorce at 29 with my parents, and um, it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. It was ugly, the reasons that they, they broke up. And it changed our family literally forever. So I can't even imagine going through something like that at such a young age. And so I know there's a part of your story that's difficult. I know that you had shared that your mom had left to be with someone else. You know, I can imagine how heartbreaking that was for you to know that she left you and your brother to pursue a relationship with somebody else. How did that make you feel as a child? As a child, I just felt like we weren't good enough. Like, how can you leave your family for someone you barely know? So that affected me a lot. And I know that it affected Jerry a lot because he's older. And so it was just very upsetting for a kid to have to go through that. How did it feel to have to visit your mom, you know, knowing that she was there with her new boyfriend and that she had left to be with him? You know, was it difficult to kind of be around them? So when I would first spend weekends with her, it would obviously be like she would take me to the mall, you know, try to just keep me out. I can't remember much, but I don't think she introduced me to her boyfriend um, until after a while, um, until she was 
probably like, hey, we can't go to the malls anymore. So we have to go home now. It was a bit weird. It was awkward. Thankfully, I had, you know, my own bedroom. So if I needed my own space, I just remember her telling me that I that I needed to be nice to him. And not that I was just ever mean, but I think that in advance, she just wanted to prepare me to just be nice all right. the time. And so, you know, as you're going through this process of divorce and kind of adjusting to this new life of being with your dad pretty much full time, seeing your mom only on the weekends at age 16, you know, your mom made a, a very fatal decision. And so tell me a little bit about that story. So we spent Christmas with her the year of 2009. We went to a family party, the regular things that we would do if we would spend the weekends with her. The next morning was the 27th and we were getting ready to go home. She had got a phone call from someone and it made her really upset. Um, I'm assuming that somebody was talking bad about her and she didn't like it. So she had left the house to go to my aunt and uncle's house. I guess, to figure out what the issue was. She came back and she was just upset. Like you can clearly see it on her face that she was just really mad. And then one part I remember the most was she began to hit herself and she began to pull her hair without us even knowing why she was mad. And so I looked at Jerry and Jerry immediately got off the couch and went to go restrain her from hitting herself. Mm-hmm. And I had left in my room because I just felt like I didn't want to see it anymore. So after minutes passed by, we decide that it's time for us to go home. And she's hugging us and she's crying. And she tells me before I leave, she's like, please stop up here. I want to come back home. Hmm. And so we leave and I get in the car and I realized that I forgot something. So I had to go back and I had to go get it. And within like five minutes, I went inside and and everything was just different. She wasn't crying anymore. It just felt like nothing had ever happened a few minutes ago. And so then I leave again and I go to the car and I look at Jerry and I'm like, should we stay? Should we not stay? What should we do? Mm -hmm. um, so we ended up going home. Um, we got home. We did the normal. We showed my dad the gifts that we got. We were in my room and I was unpacking my stuff. And then that night, my dad comes in my room and, you know, he looks at us and he said that he has something to tell us. So without him saying anything, I look at him and I said, what happened to my mother? Hmm. And he goes, your mom passed. And so what was your initial reaction? Did he tell you exactly what happened to her or did you find out later? He didn't exactly tell me. I made Jerry tell me as much as he didn't want to tell me. I would just ask him and keep asking him until he told me I never had cried like the way I cried in that moment. And that's what I remember the most was just falling to the floor and just crying. Um, and then when I asked Jerry what happened to her, you know, he said that she took her life in the closet in the bedroom where you sleep. And I began to ask him how she did it. And he refused to tell me. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you know, she hung herself. You know, when you and I were were prepping for this interview, I remember feeling very overwhelmed. And, you know, in your dad's interview, I remember him saying so vividly that taking your life and committing suicide is not the answer. 
it's so sad to think that your mom thought that that was the only option that she had was to take her own life rather than kind of deal with, you know, whatever struggles she had. Clearly she was hurting and she was broken. And and it just breaks my heart to think that that she thought that was her only out and that pain was bigger than fighting through and just being present for you and Jerry. And so going through all these difficult things, you're having trouble walking, you know, you're wearing braces, you have a surgery to try to live a better quality of life, where your parents get divorced, your mom commits suicide. What changed for you during that time? I know that you said that you had an encounter with God. Tell us how God intervened in your life and, and what happened. So after my mom died, I started going to church. I was about 17. Back when I was a teenager, you know, going to youth service was the thing. Like everybody just wanted to go and hang out. So one day I was just like, hey, let me go see what it's all about. Um, I initially went because I needed to feel something different in my life. I needed to go and be somewhere to cry because at home I just felt like I had to be so strong mm. that I couldn't do it in my house. So I needed a place of relief. I needed a place where people wouldn't look at me weird for crying. Right. I also needed healing. I needed to learn how to forgive my mom without her ever telling me sorry. Mm. So youth service was a big thing for me. I mean, I didn't go regularly, but as much as I could, I, you know, I went. You know, at such a young age to think that you needed to find a refuge. And in the word of God, it says, you know, that he is our refuge. He is our stronghold. And I love that you were seeking something different and that you went to God and you said, hey, I need help. I need to forgive this person that's no longer with me. I need to understand and process what's what's happening because I can't be myself at home. And that's how God is. He fills all those voids. He's that person that's constant, that loves us the way that we are, that accepts us with our good and our bad and our ugly, but that just comforts us when we need him. And so I wanted to ask Steph, what was your motivation, you know, to keep pushing through this adversity? Who helped you through this process? So with getting through my disorder, um, I think that my motivation had to be myself, just because I knew that I had a future self. And so I had to push myself just to be better. I didn't want to be the girl who just can't do things. Thankfully, you know, my family never looked at me any different or never treated me any differently. They always pushed me to just do it, even though I couldn't or even though it was just too hard for me. Right. Um, and I think that as I got older, another motivation was, was Zeke. You know, my parents had him when I was in my 20s. And then we found out that he had Down syndrome. And so initially, I mean, somebody has Down syndrome. We'd never experienced that. And we didn't know how to handle it. But internally was a little excited. Hmm. And I know that sounds a little weird. But for me, it was more of a, now I have somebody that I can relate to. Hmm. Because as a child, I didn't know kids who were different. And so I think that he pushes me because one day he's going to know that he's different. And I never want him to feel like he's alone or that he's less than. Because he's not. He's perfect and God created him perfectly. That's and right. I want him to always remember that. That's awesome. 
you know, your dad remarried and Lisa was on the podcast as well on episode eight. And she shares that journey about Zeke and having Down syndrome and and about your family. And I love that God sent this amazing little boy that, like you said, is perfect and that he came into this world to inspire you and push you to continue to push forward in your journey. And I'm so glad that you guys have each other because when your mom and dad are not around, he will have you as the big sis to understand and love and accept. And you guys all love him. I mean, I see how Jose, your sister is with him and everybody, everybody that knows Zeke sees that he's this amazing little force of nature. That's the little angel and the blessing that God sent your way. And I love that. And so, you know, I know overcoming your mom's death was difficult. Were you mad at your mom for not being there during the most difficult times in your life? I was extremely angry because I felt like as a girl, I needed my mother. You know, my dad is awesome and he raised us great And he did, you know, everything that he could do for us. But I felt like I needed her more than I needed him sometimes. Right. I just couldn't do or couldn't talk about girly things to people because I didn't, I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, So it really affected me. Even as a kid, I would think about my adult self. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, one day if I get married and my mom is not there, one day if I have kids and my mom is not there. I put myself through those struggles as a little kid because I knew that one day I was going to get older and eventually those thoughts were going to come to my head. It was hard to think about certain things. Despite everything, thankfully, you know, I had my Aunt Carmen and my grandma and a few of my older girl cousins who helped me and did what they could to fill my void of not having a mom. Right. So I'm thankful to have them in my life. I'm so glad that you had other strong women and strong girls around you to help you. There are girls out there that will hear your story and even young men and say, man, I don't have anybody. No one understands my journey. No one understands how I feel. And I pray that them hearing your story will also remind them, as Zeke reminded you, that that there is another person out there that understands them and has been on the same journey as you have. And so looking back at your journey and the things that you've been through again at such a young age, you know, is there anything that you would have done differently? I think that I wouldn't blame myself. One thing that stays in mine and Jerry's mind is that, you know, we could have stood another day and we could have maybe saved her life. But the reality was that it wasn't her first time trying to do this to herself. Mm. We didn't know much, but I knew that she had shown me a cut that she had. And I began to ask her why. So I just knew that it wasn't her first time trying to take her life. I wouldn't carry that burden around like I did. And have you let that go finally? Um, I finally have, to be quite honest. That's good. Yeah, because you need that. That's a lot to carry. You know, the word says that we need to give our burdens to the Lord and he will carry them and he will bring healing. And I'm so glad because, you know, you have a full life ahead of you and you're choosing to live life to the fullest and you have to do that for yourself and for your future. And so you had mentioned to me that you felt that you needed to be stronger than your older brother, Jerry. Why is that? I felt like Jerry couldn't handle my mom's death the way I did. You know, he's gone through things in his life. And I understand why it may have been harder for him to deal with it. 
I also needed to be stronger for him because when I see him, I see my mom hmm. and I see so many traits of her and him. And I just felt like I always needed to protect him. I felt like I wanted him to know that if he ever needed somebody that I'm always there for him. And I had to show him that we were going to be okay and that everything was going to get better eventually. So you were being the big sister to the older brother and the older sister to your little brother. So you're like the hero for your brothers. I love that. I know this is hard. This has been really hard for you to talk about. You are a private person. I know you have these walls up. I know you said that it's hard for you to trust people and rightfully so with everything that you've been through. Why did you think it was important to finally step out and share your story? Um, so I think it was time for me to be uncomfortable. Um, my aunt had texted me that morning asking me if Mara has asked me to do a podcast and I began to tell her no. She was telling me that my dad's podcast was awesome and that I should go listen to it. And then later on that day, Lisa, my stepmother, gets home and she's like, hey, you know, I had a chat with Mara and she wants to know if you want to do a podcast. And in that moment, I was like, if this is not God, then, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure if I know what is at this point. And so I had to take the day to just think about it and really just talk to myself and talk to God. And that next day I text you and I was just like, let's do it. I'm uncomfortable. I don't right. like it. And I know that I'm going to cry and it's just going to be a lot for me. But I think that it's time for other people to finally hear my secrets. I don't want to hold on to this anymore. Hmm. I don't want to make it seem like it's a burden in my life that I've gone through these things. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. why I decided to share my story. That's awesome. When you say your secrets or your struggles, you know, the enemy has a way of using those things, right, to keep us burdened and to make us think that we're not good enough and that we're not worthy. But God has a way of just changing that and letting us know that it's okay to share the things that we've been through at the right time, of course, so that we can bring healing. And I know that's part of the reason that you wanted to share was so that you could continue to bring that final piece of healing, like you said, but also to encourage other people. And I'm so glad, stuff that you decided to kind of step out and be strong. If there was somebody listening that you could give some advice and needed to hear something encouraging that's experienced something similar or that feels, you know, that they're, that they're kind of different, you know, what advice would you give them? Being different is hard. I've struggled my entire life. Even to this day, I still struggle sometimes, but I had to learn that it's time to just love every part of you that you don't like because true happiness comes from within. And so you always have to remind yourself that, you know, you're beautiful, that you're worthy. You can never depend on other people to tell you these things because happiness comes from yourself. And also for losing a parent, I know that it's extremely hard and you wish that that person is still here. But I learned that the memories I have is what keeps me going. I may have had more bad times than good times, but I hold on to all of the good times more than the bad. And I think that's what keeps me going. And I also want people to never be afraid to talk to someone. Never feel like you're a burden because we all go through things. And sometimes we just need somebody's ear. That's we right. don't ever need words. We just need an ear sometimes. God is amazing, you know, and mm -hmm. it's hard. And I get it. It's hard for some people to go to Christ because he's not an actual thing that we can see. 
it's hard to love something that you don't even know what you're loving. And I get it. I've been there in my life, but he's awesome. And I've learned a lot in my journey. And I just want to encourage people just to keep going. You guys are awesome people and you have to just keep pushing through life. That's awesome. Something you shared was a verse. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that's an amazing verse and I love it. Clearly you live by that and you rely on the Lord for strength. And so tell me a little bit about your life today, Stephanie. You know, what are all the amazing things that are happening in your life? And what do your dreams look like still as a young lady? So my life today, despite all my struggles that I've gone through as a child and all the denies that I've got in my life, I'm actually dating now. I'm in a relationship and I'm just super blessed to have him a part of my life because despite all my mess, he still loves me the same. I'm working. You know, when I started working, nobody looked at me differently. I thought that was going to be an issue, but I finally got a job in my early 20s. I've been there for quite some time now with my little two-year-olds and they push me every day be a better me because they're just amazing human beings. And I have a wonderful blended family now. I have my older brother and Jocelyn and Zeke and couldn't thank them enough for just being awesome parents and awesome siblings. I think that we help each other a lot get through life. Yeah, that's where I am today. That's awesome. It shows that even though we go through these difficult things, that God still has amazing things for us in the future. That if we push through and we persevere, that love happens, right? That love can come, that you can still fulfill your dreams, that you can still be used in so many different ways. And I'm so glad that that you're seeing the fruit of that struggle and that fight that you had all those years and that now you're even stronger than you were before. And that means that in the future, when you go through difficult things, you're going to be so much more ready for it. And I love how you said that you have to tell yourself that you love yourself, that you're good enough, that you're worthy, because you're right. We can't rely on other people. People will fail us because we're human and we make mistakes. But the fact that you were able to do that for yourself is amazing. And so Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, you know, if anybody wanted to connect with you and reach out to you, you know, regarding your story or if they wanted advice or encouragement, you know, where could people connect with Stephanie Gonzalez? Um, I have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram. I know that I will be tagged on this podcast. So if you guys want to follow me, DM me, message me. I'm here if anybody needs words or just an ear. I had told you that this is going to be the beginning of you sharing in the future in your platform. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being on the Courageous Podcast and for sharing your very difficult and painful but victorious story because you are victorious. I pray blessings over your life and know that you are special, you are loved and that God is going to continue to do amazing things through you and in you. Be blessed. Hey, Courageous Community. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you were encouraged today. If you have a courageous story or want to connect with today's guest, email us at CourageousPodcast2020 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Courageous Podcast. 
Until next time, continue to be strong and courageous.